Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 814, the name of the Florence Pugh movie is Midsummer. See, I don't work from a teleprompter, and occasionally my mouth leads me to an area, and I don't necessarily recognize the corner where I am. But anyway, we get there. Raphael Goyeneche joins us now, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Happy New Year, Raphael. Hey, same to you, Tommy. Let's talk about um, those LSU Tigers. Just kidding. I know you're a big LSU fan, and what a game, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a nail-biter all the way. I, I thought we scored too quickly, and uh, we almost did. Uh, the defense finally came through at the end. I went yep. to my first LSU game in Baton Rouge against uh, Texas A&M in November, and I'm hooked, man. i got to tell you. It, it's, oh, well, there you go. It Absolutely. Just, it gets in your blood. It really does. Let's talk about um, Crime 2023 in the New Orleans area, I know the murder rate is down nationally. It's down twice as much in New Orleans as I understand it. But is everybody safer? Well, you know, that that's all relative. I mean, uh, you're safer until you're the victim of a crime mm-hmm. or you know somebody. Jason and Williams asked him, had, right? Yeah, we've had so much crime in this city that uh, everybody knows somebody that has a crime story, has been a victim of a crime directly, or a family, friend, or relative has been a victim of a crime. So it's still forefront in the public's mind. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, 2022 was one of the worst years in, in the history of the city of New Orleans from a crime perspective. And 2023, uh, the numbers greatly reduced but we're still well above where we were in 2019 when we had when we had a fully staffed police department uh our numbers are higher today than they were in 2020 so we're i'm grateful that we're on the down cycle right now but we know from experience that that can quickly evaporate if if things go poorly so I, I think there are some factors that resulted in the reduction in crime uh, as brutal and as deadly as 2022 was. Uh, I think that you got to give the police department credit for some of the initiatives that they implemented in 2023 to bring down the crime rate, more particularly going into proactive policing, more gun enforcement. Uh, starting to see an uptick in narcotics enforcement. And guns and narcotics lead into violence. And I think another factor for the decrease in shootings and homicides is the fact that in 2022, the homicide rate and the shooting rate was so high that Balance has been established. Dominance has been established. And many of the people that were involved in those shootings now have taken control of their territories. Their targets have made themselves harder to uh, get. And I think that's part of the reason as well for the decrease in shootings and homicides 
uh, that we experienced in, in 2023. So when I hear that, that makes me think it's cyclical in nature because it is a business and eventually competition will arise and then we're right back to where we started. How do you keep that from happening? Well, so the police constantly, it's, it's a game of cat and mouse and every measure has a countermeasure. So the police need to stay on top of what the new trends are and the emerging hotspots and I'm, I'm confident that that started in 2023. And I know that uh, give Michelle Woodfork credit for initiating some of those uh, 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 changes in policies with the police department and strategies. And that's only accelerating under Ann Kirkpatrick in the police department uh, in 2024. We're going to talk about the Violent Crime Task Force and some of their recommendations after the break, but we only have a minute or two before traffic. I want to talk about recruitment and retention for NOPD for 2024. Is there any way to predict how that's going to go? Now, my crystal ball is, uh, you know, Cloudy. batteries on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I, I just don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful. What but, are the trends showing, be, Raphael? Well, well, I mean, so it's so hard to to predict what what it's going to be. Uh, the standards cannot be relaxed. You could hire more officers if you start to compromise some of your standards, but the hiring mistakes made today uh, are going to be the local and national headlines when some of those mistakes are manifested in the way that we saw Lynn Davis uh, years ago and Antoinette Crank. Those are people that never should have been hired by the police department, so you need to be very, very careful. I'm confident under Ann Kirkpatrick, that the standards will not be compromised. Have they been as of now? Well, I mean, we haven't hired a lot of people. Right. No, so but I mean, the, the, great... the standards themselves, though, the, to which these people are being held or before they're hired. Well, we do know that before the consent decree, the standards, um, there, were, were, there were procedures that, for instance, with Antoinette Frank, she failed the psychological test. And under the old policies, that applicant that had a failed psych psychological test could get an independent opinion from her own doctor. And she presented that, and that overrode the um, initial findings of the police department where they refused to hire her for that. So we saw she got in. And she never should have been hired, and that resulted in the tragic, uh, you know, set of events that she's now uh, the only woman on on death row in the state of Louisiana. All right, let's take a break. We'll pick it up. We come back with Raphael Coenche, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. We'll talk about some of the recommendations from Louisiana's Violent Crimes Task Force. When we come back, right now, time for traffic. WWL. 825, Tommy Tucker, WWL, back with Raphael Goineche, president of the Metropolitan Crime Commission. Uh, Raphael, for people that don't know, what is the Louisiana Violent Crimes Task Force? Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. 
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So the Attorney General's office convened uh, a group of experts and subject matter experts on uh, the criminal justice system and asked to, to review and make recommendations that might improve uh, public safety throughout the state of Louisiana. So they issued their findings uh, a few weeks ago, and they made several recommendations uh, to be considered during what the now governor-elect is going to call a special session dealing with criminal justice issues uh, early in this new year. So those recommendations, and they took a look at the criminal justice reform legislation of 2017. And I think that there are a number of mistakes that Louisiana made with respect to adopting that legislation. It was well intended, uh, but I think that the uh, some mistakes were made about not discerning and recognizing the difference between the offense and the offender. So there was a lot of uh, publicity, and everyone was saying we had too many people in the penitentiary, and they focused on the fact that many of the people in the penitentiary were in the penitentiary for quote-unquote nonviolent offenses. What they don't realize is that if you're in the penitentiary for a nonviolent offense, you're a multiple offender, and you probably pled guilty. So if you're going to plead guilty to a nonviolent offense, you are probably charged with a more serious offense, including crimes of violence. So you cannot just look at the offense when you're trying to determine if the wrong types of offenders are in the penitentiary. So the focus on that legislation was based, I believe, on misinformation where they didn't understand the distinction between the offense and the offender. So when a prosecutor makes a prosecutorial decision, when a judge sentences somebody, they sentence the offender in the context of the offense that they're pleading guilty to, and they take into consideration their criminal histories as well. So the legislation, I think, was flawed, and this committee is taking a look at that and I think we can do some things to improve better outcomes because the whole premise of the criminal justice reforms was to reduce recidivism. The people that are most likely to commit a crime were people that had been recently released from the penitentiary. And there hasn't been any, uh, the programs that were supposed to reduce recidivism we're finding out that those programs weren't successful. We still have a 50-plus percent recidivism rate of people uh, being rearrested after they've been released from custody. So I think the whole uh, premise is that let's evaluate what we did. 
and figure out if there's some ways that we can improve better outcomes for public safety for the people of Louisiana. What would you like to see done, Raphael? What would be a better way to do it? Well, you know, I think that um, I think you need to revise some of the policies. You're seeing not only the whole objective was to reduce the inmate population. So you saw increased good time. And not only uh, were offenders after they were sentenced getting out quicker, they were they reduced the amount of supervision they got while on probation or parole. And you were actually earning good time while you were on probation and parole. So the, the, the fundamental premise that I talked about is that the people that have committed crimes are most likely to recidivate if we're reducing the amount of supervision that they're getting, you're not doing them any favors and you're not doing the public any favors. So I think you need to uh, stop allowing for good time while you're on probation and parole because those people need more supervision to make sure that they're going to the programs, they're going to work, they're staying out of trouble, and they're being held accountable if they're being released. And I think that's one of the areas that I think will be looked at. I think they will also take a, a good hard look at some of the juvenile uh, privacy laws that were put in place and possibly um, reducing the age of um, adult offenders. We, during that reform period, it went from, from 17 to 18. I think that they're probably gonna consider going back to age 17 because a lot of the reformers thought that it's improper to put a 17-year-old in the penitentiary for uh, a nonviolent offense. What they didn't take into consideration is that prosecutors have the discretion to put those 17-year-olds that are committing nonviolent offenses in diversion programs where they don't get a felony conviction. But when you remove that ability from the prosecutors, uh, you result in, the result is some outcomes that nobody likes. So automobile burglaries and automobile thefts are nonviolent offenses, but many of those individuals that are involved in automobile burglaries and automobile thefts are armed with weapons, and the only thing preventing that property offense from being a crime of violence is the property owner going out and confronting them. So you need to give that discretion back to the district attorneys. And that could only be accomplished by going back and revising uh, state law saying that at age 17, a prosecutor, uh, can, uh, the, the offender, if they commit a felony offense, they can be prosecuted as an adult. Thank you, Raphael. I appreciate your time. I really do. We'll talk to you again as 2024 progresses. Raphael Goenetje, president of Metropolitan Crime Commission. Minute late, time for WWL First News. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.